Before we get started on the mainstay of this episode of the Red Dice Diaries, I'm just going to answer a couple of call-ins from Evil Jeff. Take it away, Jeff. Mr. John Allen Large, it's Evil Jeff. Hey, just started through your back catalog here. Going to see if I can get all the way through, catch up to where you are now. <laughs> Not as daunting a task as some of the other anchorites out there. But I wanted to call in uh, episode five where you said just get to the game, all that fluff. Uh, after hearing you, I thought about it. And yeah, there's a couple games I've had that talk about a whole bunch of other stuff rather than get to the game or get too much, you know, other stuff, not really to how to play, you know, or things that are necessary for the setting. Um, I think Champions, one of the Champions releases, 6th edition, did a little bit of that, and it was a bit annoying, so I agree with you. Well, I'm going to see what else I can get through today. Thanks very much for that voicemail, Jeff. Uh, I hope you're enjoying catching up with the back catalogue. Yeah, as you say, I'm nowhere near as prolific as some people, especially people like Colin, a.k.a. Spike Pitt and Free Thrall, who seem to put out sort of like half a dozen or more episodes every week. Where, I, To be honest, I'm in awe of how they manage it. I just don't know how they do it. I try and put out one as often as I can, when I feel I've got something interesting to say. <laughs> Maybe it says more about me that I often like come up with ideas and I think, that's oh, not really interesting enough to make an episode about. And I'll shelve it or I'll put it to one side until I can think of something else. But in terms of games where, you know, getting straight to the game, yeah, I think there's, I think everything in a game should be in the service of helping people run and play a game. But oftentimes, authors seem to get wrapped up in the little extra bits and pieces. And instead of being in service of the game, they almost become a means to an end in themselves. And if they're not serving the game, what the hell are they doing in an RPG book in the first place? I don't know, it's just my thoughts, but that's how I feel about it. Okay, now we've got a second voicemail from Evil Jeff, so crack on. Hey, John, Evil Jeff again. Uh, just got through your Simple Life podcast, and it struck me how things are cyclical, as Jason Hobbs said in one of his past podcasts as well. Because uh, in there you talked about rulings over rules, which I know I recently heard Ray Otis talk about. So it's just <laughs> it took me by surprise. But I do appreciate your uh, more, you know, a pretty good, succinct review of Spawn's release there. Um, Untold Adventures, I believe that's what it was. Been more than 30 seconds. I can't quite remember it. But I believe that was it. I uh, appreciate that. Great. Uh, I think I will have to give it a look and kind of give a bit more flavor to things. Uh, decide how I want to do things in the future. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Jeff. I'm glad you enjoyed that episode. And I think you're absolutely right. These conversations and these subjects tend to go around in cycles. The The same sort of topics will come up again and again as various RPG communities break apart, new ones come together, new groups of people start discussing them. And I think that's only right. I always find it interesting to hear people's new viewpoints on old subjects because they might throw up something that well i've not even considered before 
And I think that's always a good thing. That's why I like RPGs, to be honest, because you get a lot of different viewpoints all going in on the same thing. And quite often that adds up to more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, Untold Adventures is a great, simple system. I've also been playing a bit of Delving Deeper since I recorded that, which is another great sort of OBX style game. I highly recommend that. I know that Spawn is going to be putting out a a second edition of his book, The Hero's Journey, soon, which I quite liked. It had a sort of Tolkien-esque sort of painting on the cover and had that whole idea of like the mythic journey at its heart. So I'll be really interested to see what he does with his next edition. So thank you very much again for those voicemails, Evil Jeff. And now let's crack on with the main subject of this episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the Red Dice Diaries. I'm John, and I'm going to talk about a very serious issue in RPGs this evening, which is Massive Margin Syndrome. You may have heard me recently bemoaning landscape format books, and I pretty much stand by what I said then. They can pretty much get in the bin as far as I'm concerned. But in this episode, I'm going to talk about a few other things that I've noticed recently in books. The Disclaimer! Now, I'd like to think it's obvious that when I'm talking in this podcast, given that It's a podcast I record that's about my opinions on RPGs. That it'd be pretty obvious that all the stuff I'm about to say is largely a matter of my opinion. And it's not my version of some divine absolute truth cast down from the heavens for you all to listen to. I'd like to think that people would understand that. But unfortunately, as we've often seen on the internet, some people don't understand that. So I'm putting this disclaimer here to basically say... If you can't distinguish between someone giving their opinion and something that's absolute fact, you might want to just move along to a future episode. This one may not be for you. But to anyone else who's capable of having a conversation and discussing matters of opinion and realising that they are opinions, let's crack on. And if you disagree with me, that's absolutely fine. Drop me a voicemail on Anchor. Drop me an email. Tell me about it. I never mind anyone disagreeing with me as long as we're having a discussion about it rather than just an argument. So let's crack on. So what do I mean when I'm saying massive margin syndrome? Now granted the title of this podcast episode is more than a little bit tongue-in-cheek. However, there are a few things I've noticed recently in roleplay books that I'd not noticed before. And I don't know whether that's because they've only just started occurring whether I've just not picked up on them before, but I thought I'd put them out there in a podcast episode, see what you thought, or see whether it was just me talking out of my backside. Well, the first thing I've noticed is, as I suggested at the start of the show, is that margins seem to be getting bigger, certainly in some books, not in all of them. Now, I've mainly noticed this recently in a few landscape books that I've acquired, even though, as I said at the start, I'm really not keen on landscape format books, I can swallow my distaste of them if the content is good. However, I've noticed in a few books recently, I'm not going to give specific names because I don't want to get into like slinging mud at books or anything like that. I've noticed that the left and right hand margins, 
which are normally sort of a centimetre, give or take, seem to have slowly started creeping wider. And certainly in landscape books, the, the top and bottom margins can sometimes be an inch or more. And what that basically means is that there's a lot more white space, uh, negative space, around the text. And therefore, you're getting less text on each page. So what that means is, in order to cover the same amount of words, there have to be more pages. You're effectively probably paying more for the book because what are pages mean? Pricey, that's what pages mean. Now, I have no objections to there being some negative space left in books. Negative space is an important part of layout. And it's also useful, you know, if you're comfortable with writing in books for making notes and stuff like that. But I do think it has to be handled with care and with a light touch to the reins. If there's too much negative space, I just start thinking, well, why didn't you just fill that with some of the writing that came later? Cut, cut 10, 20 more pages out of the book and just charge me a slightly less ridiculous price for it. So that's my issue with massive margins. Granted, sometimes I can't think of any circumstances off the top of my head. If you can think of any anchorites or people listening to this, let me know where you might need to have massive margins. But I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I appreciate you can't have the words going directly up to the edge of the page because you need to have cut-off space you know, when the pages are being cut out, etc. at the printers. That's grand. But at the end of the day, if you're just sort of making the margins massive so that you can stretch your word count over even more pages, unless there's a reason for that, you know, like the printers mandate a certain number of pages, which I know they do with certain methods, it just seems a little bit slapdash. Now, the next thing I've noticed in books recently is that the size of fonts seems to be getting bigger. Now, I have nothing against large print books. Large print books are very useful for people who struggle with their vision. And to be honest, I wear glasses myself. One of my eyes is a little bit on the weak side and having slightly larger print can be helpful. But by the same token, if I want to buy a larger print book, I'll buy a larger print book. It should be an option for me. I think just by making the the font bigger again it almost feels like you're just trying to stretch the same number of words out over a larger number of pages to use an analogy let's think back to our school days if your teacher said to you right i want you to write four pages of an essay for to, for a week's time and you rocked up and you were like here's my essay and it was all in like 20 point font do you really think the teacher would have accepted that and gone, oh yeah, that's four pages? No, they'd have gone, you've made that text too big because you've not got enough words on the page. And I find it a bit weird that I've started to notice more and more books where the font size seems to be creeping up beyond what I consider to be the, the normal, you know, like 9, 10 point font to sometimes 12, sometimes 14. And along with the, the bigger margins, again, it just feels like an attempt to stretch uh, perhaps not enough words over a larger amount of pages. So I can't say I'm particularly keen on that. And again, 
it's something I personally have started noticing more in the books that seem to be trying to portray themselves as a piece of art rather than a book that has some art in it. And I've talked about this a few times, either on the Audio Dungeon or probably on this very same podcast. And whenever I bring it up, there's always people who are like, Oh yeah, but art can add loads to a book. And they're absolutely right. Some great artwork combined with some great text can really lift a book up beyond the the sort of realms of excellence and can really make it. However, great artwork can't save a book if the content of the text is absolute trash. By the same token though, if you've got some great text, it won't be as good if it doesn't have any art in my opinion, but it doesn't need art to be good. There's a lot, I mean, take for instance the, the Lamentations of the Flame Princess Grindhouse no art version. I have that ages before I bought a copy of the the actual full printed book and I enjoyed it just as much. Yeah, the art's cool and it adds a nice little extra cherry on the top, but it's the content that I'm buying it for. And I've got a couple of books recently where like 90% of each page appears to be made up out of a massive drawing. The text that's on there is like one or two, and these are like A4 sort of, or letter size pages, I suppose, for if you're in the US. A4 size pages. Let's take some monster pages. Like f- over half the pe- of each page is taken up by a huge picture of the monster, most of which are quite cool. The actual writing is just like a paragraph or two in like 14, 16 point font. And then you get a few lines of stats. Now that doesn't really seem like a good way of using a page to me. Don't get me wrong, the artwork's cool. But even if you look back at the like the AD&D second edition like monster manual, where every monster had a whole page for their stats and a picture on it, even then the picture only took up about a quarter of the page. And the rest of it was writing, interesting biology, their society, all manner of good stuff like that. There was plenty of meat on the bones of that book, as well as some beautiful artwork to just accentuate the text. And I suppose you could say, yeah, I'm trying to have my cake and eat it. You know, I want all the crunchy writing, the mechanics, stuff like that. And I also want some nice art, which, yeah, to be honest, if you show me a book that's got some great sort of mechanics and some in even a bit of interesting fiction, maybe sprinkled here about and some really cool like game juice to use a term that term that uh, Glyn Seal coined, you know, stuff that I can really use in my game and it's got some great artwork in it then yeah, all day, every day, I'm your man, I'm there, great, I'm loving it. However, if you strip away that artwork, you strip away everything but the content, I will still, by and large, be pretty happy as long as the content is good. So there's a few more things that I've noticed recently in RPG books. I'm going to stop rambling on about this topic now because I discussed it a little bit previously when I was talking about landscape books and this is just a bit of an expansion of that. So I'm going to move on to other things unless I'm 
addressing some call-ins. So, you can give me a voicemail message on Anchor if you want to ring up and tell me you agree with me, you disagree with me, or just have a discussion about it. Or you can reach me at reddicediaries at gmail.com. I really do enjoy listening to the voicemails and I'm left. I think it's part of what makes Anchor such a vibrant community. And it certainly encourages me to release podcast episodes. So wherever you are, whatever games you're playing, even if they're in landscape books, I hope you have an excellent time. I'll catch you soon. Take care.